Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. Once again, this is Reverend Smith coming to you on my podcast on Gospel Talk. Today is Monday the 13th of July, and I pray that the Lord is continuing to bless your hearts. And before we start this episode, let us begin with a word of prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in whom we live and move and have our being, we render to Thee our humble praises for Your preservation of us from the beginning of our lives to this day. For Your many mercies we bless and magnify Your glorious name. And since it is of Your mercy, O gracious Father, that another day is added to our lives, we here dedicate both our souls and our bodies to you and to your service. We would remember before your throne of grace all those who are near and dear to us and all for whom we are bound to pray. Be merciful, O God, to all who are in any trouble and be graciously pleased to take us and all things belonging to us under your fatherly care and protection this day forevermore. We ask and pray for it, pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank God and amen. Our episode, we are continuing the journey into living God's way. And today our episode, uh, we'll be talking about what a judgmental attitude reveals. What a judgmental attitude reveals. And you can find these scriptures written in the book of Romans uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. You know, in our Christian lives, we can sometimes be guilty of feeling holier than thou and therefore becoming judgmental. In chapter 2 of Romans, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us what a judgmental attitude reveals. And I need us to know that there are at least three things that a judgmental attitude reveals. And first thing it reveals, when you read Romans 2, 1 through 3, it reveals we are prideful. There is a little self-righteousness in all of us. So it is easy for us to judge others. However, when we point a finger at someone else, we have three fingers pointed back at us. The Bible says, uh, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. When we sit in judgment of someone else, we are pointing, putting ourselves in the place of God, which in itself is evidence of the sin of pride. The Bible says there is only one lawgiver and one judge. You can find it written in James 4 and 12. And when you read the last part of that verse, what does 
that verse asks us. Uh, when you read the last part of verse 12, it says, who are you to judge another? The problem, my brothers and sisters, and my listeners, the problem with judging others is we have very limited knowledge. Uh, the Bible says concerning Paul, now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. Romans 2 and 2. God's judgment is based on absolute truth because God looks at the heart. And you can read about this in 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Oh, but our problem is we all have blind spots. In other words, areas of weakness and sin we don't see. Now, what rhetorical question does Jesus ask uh, to describe this fact? Well, you can find it in Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 6, verse 41. And the question, rhetorical question Jesus asked is this, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? My brothers and sisters, we have to be careful. Be careful of judging one another or someone else. You know, we can see a speck of wrong in someone else's life and ignore a telephone pole of wrong in our own lives. Therefore, Paul has been allowed to write, so when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Romans 2 and 3. The very fact is we can see the sins of others uh, leaves no excuse for our own sins because it reveals we know the difference between right and wrong. All of us have a tendency to judge others and exonerate ourselves. But God says we have no business judging others because we too are guilty of the same things. What are these same things of which we are guilty of? Well, these sins listed are listed in Romans 1, 29 through 30. And they include greed, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slander, arrogance, and boasting, among others. Judging others and gossiping about them makes us feel superior to them. Jesus said we should not judge or we will be judged. That's found in Matthew 7 and 1. But in Matthew 7 and 2, what does he say then? Here's what he says. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Oh, my brothers and sisters, this means if we judge others harshly, without love and mercy... God will judge us the same way. That's why Jesus says, goes on to say, Blessed are the merciful, for they will shall obtain mercy. Matthew 5 and 7. Now, this doesn't mean we approve of sin, but we love those who are guilty of sin. We can love people without approving of their sin. When tempted to be judgmental, 
we need to remember what truth that's found in James 2 and 13. Well, the truth that is found in James 2 and 13 is, for judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. So the first thing that uh, a judgmental attitude reveals, it reveals we are prideful. And the second thing that a judgmental attitude reveals, it reveals that if we don't appreciate God's forgiveness. Judging others is wrong, of course, because it shows contempt for the kindness, tolerance, and patience, patience God has shown to us. God expects us to treat people the way he treats us. The purpose for God's kindness, tolerance, and patience is to lead us to repentance. We win people to Christ by showing them the kindness and tolerance and patience God has shown to us, not by judging them. When we have judgmental attitudes, we're revealing our own stubbornness and unrepentant hearts and are storing up wrath for the day of God's wrath. You can find that written in Romans chapter 2, verse 5. Now, while on, on earth we store up so we store up one of two things in heaven. And when you read your Bible, what does, uh, what is one of those things that's found in Matthew 6 and 20? It says, but lay up for yourselves, lay up not for yourselves treasures, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. The other thing we can store up in God's wrath against us if we gossip and are judgmental. Why did Jesus get more upset with religious Pharisees than with the women caught in adultery or the woman at the well who had been married five times and was living with a man to whom she wasn't married? Why did he get upset? Because the Pharisees were arrogant and judgmental and only God has the right to judge. He is the judge. He is the one true judge, the one true lawgiver. Paul has been uh, allowed to write by the power of the Holy Spirit, God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistent in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. Romans 2, 6 through 7. Now, does this mean doing good good works can get us to heaven? Certainly not. One day, some Jewish leaders who were trying to work their way to heaven asked Jesus a question. And they asked him, say, what must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? How does Jesus answer that question. Well, it's found, the answer is found in John in, in John 6, 29. He asked a question in John 6, 28. But in John 6, 29 is where you'll find the answer. And the answer is, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. Believe in Jesus Christ, because God did send him. 
Trusting in Jesus Christ is the only work we can do that will get us to heaven. Trusting, believing, and accepting him in your heart as your Savior. In other words, you must be born again. But the scripture says, but for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Romans 2 and 8. Now, we don't have to judge people and gossip about them because there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. Romans 2, 9. Read it for yourselves. Instead of judging them, we should be praying for them. Jesus said at the end of the age, he would send out his angels to weed out of his kingdom everyone Listen, everyone who causes sin and does evil. Matthew 13, 41. But Matthew 13, 42, what does it say in that verse? Well, it says, and we'll cast him into the furnace of fire. There will be, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Those who reject the truth and follow evil will be eternally condemned to a place of indescribable suffering and torment. But there will be glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. So, my brothers and sisters, we should not judge others because it reveals we are prideful, and then it reveals we don't appreciate God's forgiveness. And third, it reveals we don't trust God to judge fairly. You can read and study this in Romans chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. Only God has the right to judge because he does not show favoritism. This means we can count on God to be fair. There won't be any slick lawyers pulling tricks in God's court. God will judge everyone based on their knowledge of right and wrong. That's why Paul writes, all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. Those who have no knowledge of God's law will be judged accordingly. On the other hand, all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Those who have the law will be held more accountable. Be careful, my brothers and sisters. Jesus had been teaching and performing miracles in the city of Capernaum, but the people showed no faith in him. Jesus tell, tells them if his miracles had been performed in Sodom, that city would have remained to this day. You can find that in Matthew eleven twenty-three. But what does Jesus say in the next verse? Matthew eleven twenty-four. What did Jesus say? He said, And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Capernaum was the place where Jesus called home after he had been rejected by these people. 
people will be condemned on the basis of what they know about God's way. Lots of people go to church and think they've, they have made points with God. When they leave, they may think, God, I went to church today and even filled out the pastor's sermon outline. However, the Bible tells us, for it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Many churchgoers are just professional hearers because that's all they do. They just go to hear. They don't put any effort in anything after they hear the word. In other words, they don't use, put their faith to work because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So once they hear the word of God, they need to put their faith to work. But however, just hearing the word of God does not make us righteous. How does Jesus address this kind of hypocrisy in Luke 6, 46? Well, I'm so glad you asked. In Luke 46, 6 and 46, it says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? We call God, we call him Lord, we, we, we call him Savior, uh, we call him Redeemer, but we yet we fail to do the things that he said for us to do. Can I get a witness here? But the Bible declares, according to the Apostle Paul, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a, a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing uh, else excusing them. People who do not know about the Bible will be judged by their God-given consciences. Conscience causes people who do not know God's law not to lie, not to murder, not to commit adultery, not to steal. Such people will be judged less severely because God's justice is based on knowledge. Did y'all hear what I said? When God's judgment takes place, he will judge men's secrets. The only way to judge a person fairly is by knowing the secrets of their thoughts and motives something we do not know. Some seemingly good things people do may be the result of selfish or sinful motives. This judgment will be done through Jesus Christ, whose eyes are like blazing fire, Revelation 19, 12. This means he has all penetrating eyes that bring hidden things to light because he can search our hearts and motives at a glance. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us to judge nothing before the appointed time. When Christ returns, you can find that in 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. And it is, this is written simply because of what truth found in 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. Well, what's found there is this verse of Scripture. Who will both bring light to the hidden things of darkness? In other words, things are going to be exposed. 
Because Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He's got all sin eyes. He's got all power. He knows the thoughts of our hearts. He, he knows the, our motives. He, he knows our intents. And God is going to judge us based on the knowledge we have of the word of God. Amen. God doesn't grade on the curve. So it doesn't hip to gossip and run people down. It only makes it worse for us to try to make ourselves look better by running others down. There are so many people in this world today that belittle other folks all of the time. They're always talking negative things about them, never giving them a compliment, never looking beyond their fault that they may see a need. They're always talking down about other people, but they fail to realize something that when you stop by your mirror in your home, that is the person that you ought to see the fault in. And when you get your faults taken care of, then you're better equipped to help someone else. Why is it that we can see, yes, the speck in our brother's eye and yet cannot see the plank in our own eye? Why is it that we won't uh, try to remove that speck out of our brother's eye and yet not try to get the plank removed out of our own eyes? All glory to God. But it teaches us judgmental attitudes. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it, it, it teaches us that we, it reveals in us that we are prideful. It reveals that we do not appreciate God's forgiveness. And there is forgiveness for everyone at the cross of Christ, if you would just come unto him. And it also reveals, and finally, that we do not trust God to judge fairly. Oh, my brothers and sisters, God does not show favoritism. For the Bible declares that God uh, is no respecter of any person or no respecter of a person. He looks at you like he looks at me. He gonna judge me accordingly. He gonna judge you accordingly. We both got to stand, we all got to stand before God one day. And I pray that I do not, and I pray that you do not hear those words. Depart from me, for I never knew you. All the things you've done was for your own selfish, ambitious ways. We got to realize that God knows everything. He's omniscient. He, he has all knowledge of all things. He's uh, omnipresent everywhere at the same time. And he's omnipotent. He has all power in heaven and on earth. So my brothers and sisters, when you look at these three facts, remember to check yourselves and see if any of these things are dwelling in your heart, are dwelling in your lives. Check and see if you have a judgmental attitude because it, it reveals pride. Pride for pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. The reason Satan was kicked out of heaven was because of pride the sin of pride. And, and, and remember that when you, you check yourself, you remember that you don't find, and properly that you don't find, uh, that you don't appreciate God's forgiveness. Yes, we hear people say, well, I forgive them, but I won't forget it. Well, you haven't forgiven them then. Because not only should you forgive people, you should forget whatever it was they may have done to you. Uh, you may thought they have done to you. 
Forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ. He shed his blood that we may have remission for sin. Oh, glory to God. And finally, check yourself and see, if, uh, and I pray that it don't reveal that you don't uh, trust God to judge fairly. You can trust God in anything, in any situation. You didn't have, you remember, money to pay your bills and all of a sudden money showed up. Nobody but God. You remember when you were sick and it seemed like you could not get well knowing that you had not been right all of the time like most of us are, including self. But God healed your body. You remember when a loved one was lost. And uh, you did not know where they were. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, a knock came at your door. And when you opened the door, you seen your little one standing before you. Yeah, unharmed and healthy and clothed and in their right mind. I tell you that it was no one but God because God judges fairly. All right, I'm trying to come to a close here, but I feel the work and the power of the Holy Spirit saying, tell my people to judge no one because they too are going to be judged one day. And tell them, yeah, that when they hear the preach word of God and when they read the written word of God, yeah, tell them, yeah, that is nothing but the truth, and that can set them free from having a judgmental attitude, and now, and now, now, Lord, I feel you working in my body, and Lord, I feel the power of your anointing upon me, I pray, my brothers and sisters, that you don't have a judgmental attitude. Check yourself. A lot of us need to check up from the waist up. Check yourself. And I thank God for you today. And as we come to the close of this episode, I pray that it helps someone along their journey. Living God's way. My brothers and sisters, we're going to close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for being who you are. For you said for us to acknowledge you in all our ways and lean not to our own understanding. And you shall direct our paths. Father, we come, we come praying. Father, we come asking. We come, oh God, because we don't know where else to turn. And Father, in this world in which we are living in today, it is a dark world. It is full of disease and full of hatred and full of uh, all kinds of evil. And Father, we need you to help us. Help us to make it through these dark times. Our White House has become a dark house. And Father, we need you to shine your everlasting light upon us all. That our wrongdoings, that our evil works, that they will be exposed and then they will be taken care of. That it will cause men and women, boys and girls, to come to thee running and asking what must they do to be saved? What must they do to not be judgmental? What must they do to not have hatred in their hearts? What must they do to live peaceably with all men? 
for holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Father, we thank you now. Thank you for this day. It's the day of day you have made. You said we would rejoice and be glad in it. All glory belongs to you, Lord. Glory, hallelujah, give you the high praise. Bless your holy name, Jesus. For Father, you sent him, your only begotten son. And I want to say thank you. For he died on that old cross over, over, over years, many years ago. Shed his blood and didn't have to do it. He had the power to live his life now and had the power to take it up again. And Father, I just want to pause and tell you thank you for him. Thank you now for family. I pray for those that are sick that you would heal them, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And those that are under the sound of my weak voice. I pray, O Father, whatever they're going through, whatever their issues are, whatever, O Father, their struggles are, whatever they may be facing at this time, beside this pandemic and in this pandemic, Father, I pray that you would lay your hands upon them, Father, and deliver them from whatever it is. Father, I pray for all these young people that they would obey the word of God and obey their parents. I pray for these little children that they're trying to send back to these schools. Oh God, it's just my opinion. I think it's too early, but Lord, it's just my opinion. And Father, I pray that you would keep them safe, not only them, but the teachers, the janitors. Father, keep them all safe and in your care. Their elderly father, I pray for them that you will continue to wrap your loving arms around them. Father, that harm cannot come upon them and do them any more harm. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. And then, Father, these little bitty babies, eyes are just being opened to this old world. Father, I pray that you would keep them safe. For, Father, none of us is exempt from this coronavirus. But I pray, Father, in your own way, in your own time, that you would remove it in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, move on our hearts as you never moved before. Give us the power, O oh God, to stand yet a while longer. And after all done, all we can do to stand, stand therefore. For Father, it is in Jesus' name that I do pray. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. And amen. God bless your hearts today and every day forward. And remember to tell other people about this podcast, Gospel Talk. For Father, we are telling the truth. We are telling it as it is written in the Word of God. And if you want to leave me a voice message, you feel free to do so. Father, I pray for these people all over this country and then these other countries that you would intervene and help us make it through these pandemic times. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, your only begotten Son, my Lord and Savior, Savior of the world. Father, it is in Jesus' name. I do pray. Thank God. And amen.